Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce cost and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com strange. netsuite.com strange. netsuite.com strange. I'm Laura Norton, and this is One Strange Thing, the show where we search the nation's news archives for stories that can't quite be explained. Summer seems like the perfect time to take a nice relaxing swim, doesn't it? A dive into the clear water of a pool, feeling the waves crash against your legs as you sink your toes into the sand floating like a lily pad on the surface of a placid lake, a nice refreshing drink in one hand. Sounds perfect. Well, maybe it sounds perfect. If you haven't been thinking a lot about what might lie beneath that still water. Unfortunately, strangers, we have. In fact, we've been thinking far too much about this subject in general. But specifically today, we're digging into the persistent rumors of a certain monster who is said to reside in the northwestern United States. Many locals call this creature Flossie. Some reports and web pages go with Flessie or even Nessie, but that just feels derivative. One newspaper bizarrely went with Mildred for reasons that we cannot explain. Flossie seems to be the popular choice, though many people prefer just calling it the monster. And what is this Flossie? It depends on who you ask. It might be like a whale. It might be a huge fish. It might be a large snake or an eel-like creature, one that slips through the water, water that is known for being unusually clear. We're not talking about the murky depths that you might associate with a mysterious lake creature. This is one that apparently has been sighted for well over a century and arguably much longer than that. Monster is perhaps a strong word, considering that this creature is reportedly less temperamental than many we've covered. But we suppose that every region has them, or has heard of them. After all, you've got a body of water, and you've got strange sightings, 
and then maybe you've got yourself a creature. And eventually you've got to call that creature something, right? Flossie is said to reside in Montana, in a lake along the Flathead River. Not a man-made lake, mind you, but a proper natural formation. Flathead Lake abuts a town called Polson, which sits on the reservation of the Confederated Salish and Kootenai tribes. And about how big is this lake? Well, according to its biostation, which seems pretty official to us, it's, quote, the largest natural freshwater lake in the western U.S. by surface area outside of Alaska, with a maximum depth of about 370 feet. And it covers nearly 200 square miles. For reference, the celebrated Loch Ness in Scotland, that lake per Britannica is 788 feet deep and stretches 700 square miles. Now, you can say to this, wow, podcast, way to shame our American lake. But we ask you to pause and consider something. How much water would it take for a mysterious creature to remain, well, not undetected, If that was the case, then this would be a very short episode. But uncaught, definitely. Unclearly photographed, certainly. You'd need a lake and not a pond. But if you go too far, you end up with too big a lake to see anything. In short, is 200 square miles and 300 feet of depth in a notably clear lake enough to hide a monster? It just may be. Because we aren't talking about one or two or even 50 sightings. And while the written accounts regarding the lake and its creature date back 134 years, there's a lot more to it. Because the oral history of this lake stretches back much, much longer. The first stories, in fact, date back thousands of years. A 1963 volume by historian Ella Clark included interviews with members of the Kootenai tribe who knew various stories about the lake, including one about when its monster came up from the depths and attacked, causing a loss of half the tribe. So, the idea, abstract or literal, that something was in the waters near the town of Polson, well, that was understood long before there was a United States. Now, the idea of lake monsters has often been chalked up to tall tales or the misinterpretations of floating debris. You know, a log or a tangle of branches or even a shadow cast by a boat or a tree. One thing that often comes up in these discussions of alleged water monsters is whether the habitat is suitable for something of great size. Now, we know that we see large creatures in the ocean, but what about in fresh water? You might be surprised to know that there are some things that can get very, very big there. Or some very big things that can end up there. In fact, the Herald Citizen points out in an article about rumored freshwater monsters that bull sharks can actually survive in lakes and rivers. In fact, such sharks, quote, have been reported hundreds of miles up the Mississippi River. 
According to the National Wildlife Federation, a bull shark can be up to 11 feet long or more and can weigh up to 500 pounds. Now, are we saying that a bull shark wandered on up to Montana, set on wreaking havoc? Not to our knowledge. Trust us, we would be the first ones on that story. But misplaced sharks are hardly the only thing that one can find in a lake. There have been catfish the size of an adult human caught across the United States. Outdoor Life says that the biggest on record was a 143-pounder from Virginia that was reeled in back in 2011. But we don't have to go map-trotting to get our example. We can stay right in the Polson, Montana area. After all, as the AP reported, in 1955, a fisherman named Leslie Griffin reeled in, quote, a seven-foot-long, 181-pound sturgeon at Flathead Lake. And we know that's true because the enormous fish is still on display today in a local museum. Strangers, we think that we can all now agree that something big can live and possibly even be caught in Flathead Lake and its tributaries. But let's get into what exactly people have seen there and whether or not there's any sign of a real monster or whether it's something more mundane. Per the Flathead Watershed website, there have been at least, quote, 113 unusual sightings and 79 accounts of large-sized objects documented between 1889 and 2020. Though most popular contemporary accounts describe the monster as black and eel-like, we found equal reports in the archives claiming people saw something like a truly enormous fish. The Flathead Lake Watershed site explains that a few reports come in every year, but that some are far more active than others. Many of those accounts were recorded by Lainey Hansel, a quote, retired fisheries biologist who requested that we all refer to the thing in the lake as, quote, not a monster, but rather a creature. Apparently, he spent a great deal of time searching the lake with sonar, but never came up with a monster. Still, he did not seem ready to fully rule it out. After all, he was the one collecting all of those sighting reports. As Laney, who spoke with the Charcousta News, pointed out, he'd collected, quote, dozens of reports from tribal members who'd spotted the creature, among them, quote, doctors, policemen, military people, who were very serious about what they saw. And what was the first recorded sighting? Well, According to the Montana Standard, that report came in 1889. The Ravalli Republic explains that that year, a strange sight was reported by a steamboat captain who said, quote, 100 passengers aboard had experienced the same thing he had. They'd all caught sight of a, quote, unusually large whale-like creature. According to the Charcousta News, the captain of the steamboat, James C. Carr, reported that the creature, quote, seemed to be ready to ram the boat. The paper reported it was frightened off when, quote, a passenger fired a rifle at it. Could it have been a big fish? Maybe. The passengers and the captain did not have a lot of whales in that lake for comparison. But the sightings hardly ended there. The Missoulian, a local newspaper, reported that when they digitized their archives, they found that, quote, 
The phrase Flathead Lake Monster occurred 103 times in the Missoulian between 1949 and 2008, and that's just in one paper. And about those hundred-odd sightings, let's introduce you to a few. We already told you about the first written account that we know of. That description of a whale seems to be an outlier. Sort of. In the summer of 1937, the Independent Record cited, quote, dozens of reports on Flathead Lake's sea monster, and that those folks described seeing a creature, quote, from 5 to 10 feet in length. Some say it has a long neck, a head resembling a horse or dog without ears, is brownish in color and other large-bodied, end quote. Now, it may not surprise you that the Loch Ness Monster over in Scotland had gotten popular just a few years before 1937. And those descriptions, they do sound surprisingly Nessie-like. Not much like the eels or fish that we found in other reports. Perhaps we can chalk that up to Loch Ness mania. In fact, there was quite a bit of hoax talk in the 1930s, probably because of Nessie's popularity. But we know there were plenty of other sightings before that. The papers make reference to previous accounts, lost to our archives, from at least the previous 20 years. And there are just as many mentions of other sightings afterward. In 1950, for instance, the Great Falls Tribune noted, quote, the monster is still around, and that as far back as 1920, varied reports from Polson Bay, the Narrows, Skidoo Bay, and Yellow Bay have substantiated one another as fishermen continued to tell tales. The tales that day came from a man described as a, quote, former Polson alderman, probably a detail included to add some gravitas, and he claimed that his whole fishing party had seen the creature. And just a year later, in 1951, the Billings Gazette reported that an executive board of an organization that was incredibly called Big Fish Limited was, quote, collecting and evaluating stories of persons reporting to have seen the monster and that they'd be offering a prize of $1,000. That's about $11,500 today to anyone who could catch it. This announcement came on the heels of another well-publicized sighting. Interestingly, around this time, it seems that the popular theory was that the monster was actually monsters, plural, and that most experts had settled on the creatures being very, very large fish. And that's what the contest hoped to prove. Bring in all the big fish. That's what they said. This apparently got the entire area excited and led to exactly zero monsters produced. In fact, by April of 1952, the effort was still ongoing and it was taking up so much local attention that a second grade teacher named Mrs. Key showed up to a Big Fish Limited meeting to complain. According to the Missoulian, she said her students had seen the monster, quote, cavorting in the water about three miles out from Polson, and that they'd been unable to concentrate on their studies since. We aren't sure what the committee was supposed to do about that, but it's clear that Mrs. Key 
was at the end of her educational rope. It's interesting to note that in 1952, it was also reported by the Madisonian that a number of small boats had suddenly begun to capsize in the lake and that it was something that locals were blaming on the monster. Perhaps it was at the end of its rope too, what with all the fishing rewards and the school children. But in an apparent change of mood, the Great Falls Tribune reported in 1953 that one person saw the monster on the east shore of the lake and that, quote, some residents think that he might have wanted to take a look at the cherry trees while in bloom, while others reported that a sea monster cannot see that far while out of the water. We don't really know what to do with that, but we do like the mental image of a giant eel or a fish taking a break from its reckless boat capsizing to really enjoy the beauty of nature. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Looking for creepy stories? Then we might have a podcast for you. And now, presenting Rattled and Shook. Rattled and Shook is a weekly podcast that features new scary stories every episode. Kind of like this. I would hear her say things to me inside my head. I couldn't get around him. I was trapped. The other guy started to get pretty agitated. He grabbed my grandfather's oxygen hose and he cut off his oxygen. Then I started thinking, well, you know, who would be hanging around in this nowhere forest, in this nowhere area? And that's when I started looking more closely. And that's when I noticed there were several shapes. And they were slowly working their way toward me as they were moving from tree to tree. New episodes of Rattled and Shook are out every Thursday. Listen for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, it was in 1955, if you'll recall, that the fisherman Leslie Griffin claimed that he'd caught the giant sturgeon in the lake. For some, that settled the whole thing. The monster was done for. But still... Reports kept cropping up. It's not until 1962 that we saw the first eel reference. In a Missoulian article printed that year, a, quote, quiet, serious-minded man named Ronald V. Nixon, who was described as a wire chief for the Pacific Railway, reported a sighting. His monster was, quote, 25 feet long with enough substance to throw up a two-foot head wave. He told the paper, It was perfectly black, and it didn't have any sign of a fin on the back. It couldn't have been a fish. I'm sure it wasn't man-made. Apparently, Ronald Nixon had long assumed that the whole thing was a hoax, until he saw it for himself. He and his brother, in fact, were driving by the lake and said they'd caught sight from only about 300 feet away. He explained, 
It couldn't have been a sturgeon. I don't know what it was. I thought it was a good joke, but it's no joke to me now. After his story ran in the paper, two women contacted the paper to say that they'd seen the same thing from their boat, but that they'd been too afraid to tell anyone until Ronald came forward. It looked graceful, one of the women said. It had no fins and didn't undulate like a fish. I saw no signs of a head or tail. The lake was almost dead calm and it made long, smooth waves. From that point on, tourists, school children, and more assorted locals rushed in with reports, arguments about bad photos, and the like. There were lots of claims of sturgeon, though, as the independent record pointed out in 1965, none had been caught in the lake in a decade. A number of other notable descriptions float to the surface in modern times. Like when the Charcousta News reported that, quote, an anonymous banker who was in town for a vacation actually got a video recording of the alleged monster back in 1993, when there were a spate of sightings. He claimed that he saw, quote, a black creature in the water with a sturgeon-like head. But those who've seen the video describe it as, quote, more eel-like. Just a few weeks after that recording was captured, a, quote, Vacationing Illinois policeman and his family witnessed the creature chasing a school of fish. In 2009, two hikers said that they saw something in the lake. Per the Charcousta News, one of the hikers, who used the pseudonym Jean to protect her privacy, explained that they were drawn by a flicker of motion and then came in for a closer look. Here's what Jean saw, quote, it was like if you stuck half a car out of the water. That's how big it was. She described a beast with, quote, a sharp tip to its hump that was, quote, the color of a dirt road, not black as many had noted, and said that it was big enough to create, quote, a wake in the water as it traveled. And the sightings have gone on and on, at least one to two a year and sometimes many more. If people are out there spotting logs on the lake, well, they are nimble ones. Strangers, you'll be forgiven for finding this particular monster a little devoid of personality. In comparison to some of our tales, there's less of a clear plot. That's mostly because it takes place over a hundred plus years, not a day or a week or a month. But... There is one story of the monster that seems to add the right amount of human interest pizzazz. According to the Missoulian, a three-year-old boy named Andrew from Polson claimed that he saw the monster when it was saving his life. Apparently, he was playing outside and his mother thought that his aunt was watching him. His aunt was inside the home. That meant that a toddler was alone, near the water. Never a good thing, especially when he couldn't swim and he was not wearing a life jacket. According to the Missoulian, once the women realized, they went on a frantic search, fearing the worst. But they found Andrew standing at the end of the dock. He was, quote, dripping wet. And when his mother asked him why, he told her that he'd fallen in the water. She asked how he'd managed to get back on the dock. 
The boy is quoted as saying, The flathead monster lifted me up. She had a baby too. That was in 1996, more than a hundred years after the steamboat captain saw his giant whale. And as for Andrew's rescue, it's the only one on record. Maybe it was motherly instinct. Or maybe Andrew got back on the dock in some other way. We can't know for sure. Three-year-olds are not known for their attention to detail. And about details. For as many reported sightings as we've seen, there are people who've claimed to have solved the mystery. In 1947, a man declared to the independent record that he could conclusively prove the Flathead Lake Monster was a sturgeon. And in 1949, the Missoulian featured a story from a man in town for a rodeo who said he was sure he had figured it all out. The monster was a seal. He knew because he'd seen one on the lake. Never mind that seals don't live in Montana. Maybe he'd meant a sea lion. They also don't usually venture that far. But what about a really big fish? And we mean a believably big fish. A probably very big one. Not a monster fish, but something that might seem to a surprised onlooker like one. You might have noticed that sturgeon have come up quite a bit in this episode, and that is no accident. As the Lake County leader and advertiser explains, quote, most serious discussions about the Flathead Lake Monster, or any of the world's lake monsters for that matter, will inevitably touch on a common scapegoat, the Achapenser transmontanus, better known as the white sturgeon. That is certainly the theory of some in the area. According to the Big Fork Eagle, a local man named Tim Shattuck, who runs a fishing charter, claims to have seen Flossie twice. Except, to his mind, Flossie is less Flossie and more, well, fishy. Per the Eagle, Tim explained, once was on the surface of the lake and once was in the depths, and I still believe it's just a big old fish. Per the advertiser and per our own episode, sturgeons can certainly get very big. Very big. We have an example, in fact, from 1955. And with that knowledge at hand that a giant sturgeon can easily be mistaken for a lake monster, you might figure that we could go ahead and stop this episode right now and save us all some embarrassment. We could. Except for one strange thing. Yes, per the advertiser, sturgeon can grow to be up to 12 feet long and even, quote, live for over a century and, horrifyingly, swim as fast as, quote, 40 miles an hour. But there's just one problem with that neat answer. The Lake County leader and advertiser spoke with a man named Barry Hansen in 2013, and he's the fisheries biologist for the Confederated Salish and Kootenai tribes. He says that, bottom line, there aren't any sturgeon in the lake. And when there have been some that have appeared at fishing contests, Barry suspects that those sturgeon caught have been smuggled in from other areas. Why would he say that? Well, according to him, quote, 
The nearest populations today are in the Lower Columbia River Basin and the Kootenay River. Hansen says that of the known whereabouts of white sturgeon, quote, there are a lot of dams in the system that they can't get past. The advertiser reports that there are even questions about that big fish caught back in 1955, though many locals have strongly defended the legitimacy of that catch. In fact, a relative of the original fisherman wrote in a very angry letter to the editor to note that the size and legitimacy of that fish had been verified by a number of people. But that was 1955, and it's been a long time since any giant sturgeon has been conclusively located in the lake. So, if we can't rule in big fish, should we go ahead and dismiss Flossie? What else could the monster possibly be? At least one local official feels that we shouldn't be so quick to do so. Because, as he points out, strange things have a habit of turning up all the time. A Polson Area Wildlife Department spokesman was interviewed by the AP on the subject of the monster. He pointed out that he, for one, was slow to rule out the possibility. After all, he said, quote, I had a guy once who claimed that he had a six-legged deer. It turned out he did have a six-legged deer. There were two legs coming out of the stomach area. They were both over 14 inches long. That is certainly a striking visual. How much it applies to the possibility of an eel-like monster lurking in a lake or river, we can't say. But we appreciate a good anecdote as much as the next podcast. As with all our cryptid stories, we cannot give you a definite answer here. Believe in the lake monster or don't. But we can tell you a little bit about real estate. Strangers, if the story of the lake monster appeals to you, well, according to news that made the rounds in the spring of 2022, you can buy your very own island and mansion to enjoy it. Per the Staten Island Advance, there's a listing for, quote, Cromwell Island in the center of Flathead Lake. More importantly, though, there's, quote, 2,900 feet of shoreline that faces the lake's center. It was purchased in the 1980s by a couple who, quote, built the exterior shell of a 45,000-square-foot home and a guest house they completed, but, sadly, one of the owners passed away before the project was completed. So, this appears to be the perfect vacation home, or hideout, for any well-heeled lover of the unexplained. After all, as the advance points out, there's still the occasional monster sighting, and we can't think of a better view. So, if that island is still on the market, strangers, and you happen to be, well, incredibly wealthy, and you go ahead and get yourself your own piece of creature paradise, invite us along, won't you? We could really use the vacation. We might skip the swimming, though. No offense. 
We hope you'll join us next time for another real-life story from the fine print of America's local papers, from the lives of regular people, just like you and me, except for one strange thing. Strangers. I'm releasing my first book this October, and it's available everywhere now for pre-order as audiobook, hardcover, and ebook. It's called Lay Them to Rest, and it's about John and Jane Doe's, my years-long experience following forensic experts around the country and our efforts to solve the mystery of a cold case. Pre-orders are a huge factor in this book's success, so if you're interested, you can find a link in our show notes. One Strange Thing is an independently produced podcast. To support the show and to hear more of the entirely true and enticingly peculiar, you now have three options to enjoy two extra bonus episodes a month. On Apple Premium and Supercast, you can get bonus episodes delivered to your app of choice for just $2.99. And for two more dollars a month on Patreon, you'll get more fun extras. There you'll find ad-free early releases of our regular episodes, two full-length bonus episodes a month, two monthly giveaways, blog posts, and the occasional live stream, all for $5 a month. We hope you'll check out one of these options and support the show. There's a link in our show notes. And if you enjoy One Strange Thing, please take a moment to leave us a great rating or review on your favorite podcast app. It really helps.